Hello and welcome back to NRI Women, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina and I'm Nanora. Mental health is an issue of concern in both developed and developing countries. Lack of understanding around mental illness and the stigma associated with it prevents people from seeking help for mental health concerns. Realizing mental health care which filters through all strata of society calls for greater understanding, knowledge sharing and community involvement. Joining us in our chat today is Methili Apulwar. She's 22 and a fifth year undergraduate student of industrial engineering at George Tech. She is also one of the founders of Thrive, a program to help with mental health literacy among students in the low-income communities. The first pilot program was completed in Mumbai over the summer of 2018, including 700 children from 15 schools. Essentially, when I lived in India, I had had um, undiagnosed anxiety for almost four years, and then when I came to America, it kind of got diagnosed, and that really helped me because my anxiety was very like non-severe. So I think just having it diagnosed and having like simple um, techniques to kind of help myself when I had issues really helped me like deal with it better and kind of form like a personal toolkit. um and i think like having gone through an experience like that personally made me realize that like mental health literacy is extremely low in india um and then people just kind of don't know what the big um you know like illnesses are or how to just like keep yourself healthy mentally and these problems are exacerbated in you know lower income communities where they obviously like don't have access to resources but they also are just like you know riddled with like other problems that come along with poverty um and so i think that with thrive what we are trying to do is kind of bring mental health literacy to communities like that and just try to get people to understand a little bit more about their distress and like simple things that they can do from within their community to help it so what inspired her to start the program i think that it kind of just came from the fact that like at tech where really um kind of pushed consistently to keep thinking about the community and like how we can translate the things that we learn into something that is more helpful towards the people around us and i think that for me that's kind of always been like back home in mumbai and i think that's my closest sense of community um and so i think like once i had had this problem it just kind of made me think about these other kids who had probably similar issues and did not have access to the kind of resources that i did and the kind of help that i did and i think that's where the push initially came from methili hopes try will provide students who don't have access to the resources that she did the tools to deal with anxiety and depression i think we have focused a lot on spread, spreading literacy like within a classroom setup so for example like some of the things we implemented were like class wide like meditations this summer which were like led by their teachers and the reason that we wanted their teachers to do it as opposed to adding like an additional entity was just so that it's more sustainable because if you're training the teacher and they're always going to be there then that kind of helps it, the program like stay and go on um and i think we did like they did like so we're working with students we're working with children so a lot of them most of them can write so they can like journal and draw and things like that i do believe that the challenges would be very different if you worked with you know um a population that couldn't read and write but i think that this isn't like that so i think that we focused a lot on interventions that can be driven through the classroom 
from an idea to a plan and then a program. Thrive came together with the help of many different resources. Yeah, so I think that there were different stages with that. So in terms of the development stage, there was a lot of different parties that we collaborated with. We started off by kind of trying to understand what programs like this exist. And we found a lot of programs that existed in developing countries, um, sorry, in developed countries, but not as many in developing countries. So we kind of you know, spoke to coordinators of programs like that here. So through like George Tech's Counseling Center at Emory, at some local Atlanta schools, we tried to understand what they did and we tried to kind of map out what the differences would be from a developed to a developing country. Uh, we also had a couple of different like me- medical practitioners who are based out of Mumbai who were kind of helping us from the medical standpoint. We had a few other researchers that we collaborated with who've been um, involved with learning design and instructional design just to like get the curriculum sound on that part. So we collaborated with a bunch of different people during that time. And then we also spoke to people that are social workers or teachers in low income communities just kind of to get a better understanding of the community. And then to actually run the program, we worked with a couple of different like nonprofits and government schools. So we worked with Teach for India, Akansha, and some other smaller nonprofits that were scattered through the city. Um, and it was usually in slum or low income communities in Mumbai. And what exactly did this program do? The way the structure worked was that we'd go in and we'd do workshops with the students where we taught them about like mental health illnesses um, and kind of how to be mentally healthy and just like explaining that mental health is not just the lack of illness but also like taking steps to keep yourself healthy. Um, so we do kind of like workshops within the classroom and then after that there would be like a consistent program that teachers would follow that included like meditation and journaling so it was kind of a positive psychology based intervention that the students were doing over two months. Um, I think one thing that really helped us especially with the younger kids was kind of being able to use pop culture references Um, and so we used a lot of like you know like Bollywood references and kind of um, just things that they had already been exposed to as tools to help them understand things. Um, and then we got back, so we did pre-tests and post-tests at every different point because we were obviously like doing this from a research standpoint. And so right now what we're doing currently is looking through all of that and analyzing that research and trying to understand how the program helped the students, if it helped the students to begin with, if it did, then how it helped them, where the gaps were and how we might be able to correct that in the next iteration. Thrive Like Any Other Good program is a work in progress, constantly evolving based on the research and testing. Apart from the data related to the program, Methali was exposed to a world that she didn't know existed. I think I think a lot of things, honestly, for example, like with the infrastructure, like I would always drive to a lot of these places because they were pretty far from my house. Um, and I always had to park maybe like 10 to 15 minutes away because literally like the roads were so narrow that the car would not fit through them. So I think that itself is such, it was just something that really stood out to me while I was working through the summer because it was such a like a clear, like, you know, 
man- a tangible manifestation of everything that I was seeing. Yeah. Um, but I think even on an you know on an educational level, um, I think if I went ahead and compared the kind of school that I studied in versus the educational resources that these kids have access to, the disparity is just so high. Um, and I think even finally on a social level, right? Like some of the things that we are so sheltered and so protected from um, are just some things that are really open. Like you know like people um alcoholics within the community abuse substance abuse like we literally saw kids who would be in class and they would be on drugs in class you know and it was just like these were 13 year olds so i think it was just very um kind of kind of eye opening honestly like i did not know that these were problems that existed and of course since all of this plays a part in someone's mental health and level of distress it's definitely all like important ethnographic data for our program as well the success of the pilot program won Maithili and her team the Tech President's Undergraduate Research Award. George Tech has this competition and it's called the Ideas to Serve competition. Um, and essentially what it does is brings together people who have these ideas for social um, startups or social enterprises or non-profits. Essentially it has to be something that has some kind of like social um, or environmental impact through it um, and so we participated in it last year and we kind of pitched this idea of mental health literacy in low-income schools um, and we won the People's Choice Award which is um, an award that everyone who's attending the event kind of votes on and then you win it if you have the most votes basically. Methali is working on a program to help alleviate the stigma around mental health and provide a better understanding about mental health after overcoming her anxiety. This is her message for the young who are facing some of the same struggles. What I would want to say to like young girls and boys is just that there are a lot of resources available you can you know access them through the internet you can you probably have access to them at school so you know if you are struggling like you know ask for help like ask your friends ask your family ask whoever you think in your life is supportive ask a third party like ask a counselor really you can just ask anyone um that you think would be supportive of it but i think more importantly what we can all try to do is kind of be that supportive person for someone else at least in times that we're not personally struggling um and i think so if you see a friend struggle or if you see someone in your life that's going through an issue i would definitely say like try to let them know that you're there for them um, just because I think that goes a long way in creating a supportive community that reduces distress. And I think the parents, I would just say that, you know, sometimes it's just important to listen and to analyze a, a problem from a child's perspective. Like, I think that sometimes, it, you know, even now when I look at younger cousins and they have problems as 12-year-olds, a lot of times I'll be like, oh, this is such a tiny problem. But I think we need to recognize that it's a tiny problem in hindsight. Like when you've gone through school, then a 10th grade exam is a tiny problem. But in when you're in the 10th grade and when that exam is kind of, you know, consuming your entire world up, it's a really big deal. So it's kind of important to recognize that and give it credit for it. Technology and mental well-being may seem like they're at the opposite ends of the spectrum. However, there are excellent digital tools to help you reach mindfulness and to practice meditation. And Methali wants to use the technology to build and roll out a sustainable program. I, I think 
one of my biggest hope for the future i guess that encompasses a lot of this is that we can actually use all of the progress that we're making on a technological level for you know the good of the world um and i think that that is something that's definitely missing right from the beginning i mean from like when right from when we teach our children that are like young about the definition of success right till you know where in college and we're kind of aspiring to become something i think a lot of the times this this piece missing that we need to do things for the betterment of the world so i think my one of my biggest hope is that the technology that we now have can be used to actually create you know improvements for people who need it most howie mandel sums it up best if we cared about our mental health the way we care about our dental health we would be okay Join us again next time for more inspiring stories of NRI women. If you like the show, please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us as it helps other people find us. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at hello at nriwoman.com or find us on Twitter at nri underscore woman. Stay tuned for highlights from the next episode at the end of the show. You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website www.nrwoman.com I'm Nanora and I'm Bettina until next time keep learning keep inspiring and be kind Next week on NRI Woman and aromatherapy means therapy from the sense of smell So when you smell something bad you can actually feel and if you smell something nice you can be happy so a lot of people ask that how can me smelling something make me feel well so as when you smell something bad do you feel sick so if you smell something good it will make you feel well it new episodes come out every monday be sure to subscribe and please check out our fellow podcasters the golden goals Lifelong paranormal lovers Alyssa Minis, Emily Alston and Kylie Smiley share their personal experiences along with those of friends, family, guests and beyond. Their podcasts are available to listen to wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey ghouls and guys, do you like to get spooky and stay spooky? Then check out our podcast, The Golden Ghouls. Each week we talk about our favorite things, ghosts and the paranormal. Sound like a good time? Then give us a listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye.